0: Welcome to a brand new podcast, uh, where three bank average, at best, Sunday League footballers discuss the ins and outs of the most competitive, most watched and most entertaining league in the world, and some of the bits that we find interesting. There are only a few rules to the Sunday League podcast. Rule one, don't pretend you know what you're on about. You've never played the game professionally. Rule two, if we're going to discuss VAR, you need a pint and we're going to have to discuss VAR. Rule three, don't mess with Lissandro Martinez. He might be small, but that man has seen things. Joining me on the podcast are two other bang average Sunday League footballers. Firstly, a man that's career's highlights are most likely to be on football manager than on the pitch, Adam Harris.
1: Hello. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having How me. How are you doing, Adam? I'm all I'm all right. Steady. A bit tired from last night, picking up the misses from uh, town. Very hungover. But, uh, other than that, I'm all right. I've got... Um, I've got a bit of a headache, but I'm I'm here to start a new podcast that I'm hopefully going to enjoy and it can kick on. What beer are you drinking, Harris? I am drinking Somerset's finest Lily's cider. It's not a sponsor. Uh, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not doing a uh, shout out to them there. It's just really delicious. Um, when you can find it in local pubs and it's flat cider. It really clenches you first.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good to know. Uh, And our other bang average footballer, a man that's views on the game are very much dependent on the number of carlings he's consumed. Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Scott. Nice to see you both.
2: Looking forward to a brand new podcast, Dan? Yes, for sure. Uh, If it means having a drink, then uh, I'm I'm game for anything. So... uh, (laughs) As you uh, pointed out, my views will probably change week on week, but yes, yeah, sure looking forward to it. Thank you. And what beer are you drinking, Dan, every week? Uh, I'm drinking a Carlin out of a plastic beaker. As you know, I cannot drink out of a can. So, <laughs> yeah, here it goes. Well, what, what beaker just... is it, Dan? Uh, Well, uh, as you may remember, it's from uh, our tour of France, St Etienne. So, uh, yeah, kept it for a long time. It's my favourite club. Uh, I've just cracked open
0: my uh, seven euro Guinness out here in Madagascar. So I reckon that means it's time to crack on with the podcast. Uh, This week, this week, we're going to discuss what we've missed. Our, Our podcast is starting, you know, at the busiest time of the season in March, just when the Premier League kicks off. So let's have a bit of a catch up, boys. Who's been your team of the year so far, Dan?
2: Yeah, I've done a bit of research on this, uh, so I was gonna, I was gonna go out there and say it's probably quite easy to say Arsenal. So I was trying to look a bit further than that Arsenal team. So I wrote down a few others of probably Brighton. Uh, if you look into the league, they're probably only a couple of. Uh, they've got. A couple of games in hand on other teams like your Tottenham that are in fourth place currently. So, at the end of the day, if they win those games and, and they're well in touch and distance of the top four, so after that, I was probably going to say Fulham, a newly promoted side, and you're looking at they're in mid-table. So, any newly promoted side that's doing that, you're doing a pretty damn good job to be honest. So, uh,
1: yeah, and Last
2: of all, other other than the Arsenal side, you're probably going. Man in a oh, so. in a point where that in a point where they're saying they're in this transitional period it's they've already won one trophy and they're still in line to possibly win another two so you can't really say that's a bad season at all no but, i don't I don't, I don't agree with you mate they've,
1: they've um they've messed they've, they've messed up you know they they had the chances when they had the game around against i think it was palace and then they had Arsenal the following weekend and then getting battered seven 0 by Liverpool, it's going to knock the confidence of them guys massively. I uh, I would agree with your um, your Brighton pick and your Fulham pick. And I'd I'd look looking at the league table, I didn't realize how close Brighton were to well fifth and potentially fourth with them having them they've got three games in hand on Tottenham.
2: So, bear in mind also the the semi final of the FA Cup. Obviously against the Man City side that you would probably expect to win it, but you say about them every time, every team they play every week. And well, you'd say they're underachieving a little.
0: So who, who is was that? You know,
2: Which one's got?
0: Uh, to say that Man City are gonna win every week, every game. Uh I know they've got Erling Haaland and that man is a machine, but uh Every time I watch them, they look like they're a different level. And it it's confusing, I think, to see Arsenal on top, um, which probably means it's deserved. I think they've had a a good run with injuries, you know. I, I don't think they've had many injuries at all. Um, but I tell you what, it'll be some achievement still, I reckon, if they win that league. I just expect some point City to City to just to essentially keep winning. I know they've still both still both got each other to play, and that'll probably be a massive game later on in the year. Um what are the views on Newcastle, boys? I mean, they've had all that money come in. Um, they've not had a, a huge amount of new players, essentially. You know, they carried some form in from last season. I think just before that World Cup, they were about second or third in the league. They've made a cup final. They're just outside the top four. Where, where should they be?
1: Uh... <laughs> This is from the guy that wanted Eddie Howe sacked in January. Um, when I looked at when I looked at his form at the start of the season, yeah, okay, he had a good couple of wins and good couple of draws, but after that it slipped down, and I I was stupid enough to make a bet with, uh, and I was truly mistaken because uh, he he started picking it up again, especially after the World Cup. Um, I think I think they're doing really well though. Um, that that wasn't a dig; it was me being sarcastic with them being. Underachieving. Uh, so I know that some Geordies end up giving hate on that.
2: So up the Geordies. The thing is, I look at that team and I put them against most teams in the league and I'm like, over the 11, I think there's better teams, but they just seem to be gelling together. And uh, yeah, it's obviously doing a good job there. But I think the Wales are falling off a little. I think they're forward. I think they're in the top four, shout to be honest. But definitely not there. I agree with that. Yeah, I think I think the Geordies will be happy to be in Europe.
0: Oh yeah, that that fan base when they get going. I I know you boys have been to Saint James's Park in the away end a couple of times and seen some results where 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 we've managed to silence them. um, But you've seen other results where once those Newcastle fans get behind them, that that's a it's a scary place to go. And I imagine. You know, for those fans, what your views on the views on how the club's being run? But those fans probably deserve some European football. What about the other way? Who's your who's your biggest underachiever this year, Harris?
1: (laughs) Over the the less, you know what? I'm going to avoid Leicester because it would just cause us. Hey, West Hammer massively underachieving, especially the fact that they're doing really well in the Europa Conference League. they are just not kicked on in the Prem and it's not like they've lost their main players or they've not made any signs because they have some, uh, some Brazilian... I can't remember what... Um, Paqueta. I can't remember what the Brazilian's called. Is Yeah, Paqueta, that's it. Yeah, so I, I think he came
2: in towards... But he's back famous for the- his dance moves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether it's just a World Cup that's kind of messed messed the league up this year. Because um, you you could easily pick anybody in that bottom 12 to say that they're having a bad season. But three teams have to go down every year. And you always pick out the same names. I, I'd always... At start, if you asked me at the start of the season, I reckon I would have said Everton, Bournemouth, Leeds. Myself. Uh, Everton, You'd have said that Everton's at the start bit, of the yeah. season.
2: Yeah. Well the South Frank the Sir Frank Lampard didn't start the season. Yeah, I think they were close at the bot- bottom last season, weren't they? But I, I can't believe you haven't mentioned Chelsea or Liverpool as no. these under so you, you say under Chelsea side that where are they in the league? Eight, four, nine? I think they're tech temp- They're Spending the six hundred million. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six hundred million they've spent. And I wrote they've spent hundred and six on a defensive mid. A defensive mid does not win you the league. And that's just outrageous money. But yeah, then you've got that Mudvick that I think he added one good game and that was his first game. Yeah. Just a waste of money. They're they're overpaying on bang average players. And that's just that Todd Bowley going in and just he doesn't know anything about football.
1: Yeah.
2: But then uh, Liverpool, you look—they've spent some money as well. It's Darwin Nunes at the start of the season, five million. Gakpo, uh, they've never replaced Mane.
1: Yeah.
2: And then I also think that uh, a, a strange one to say it was a strange one to let him go, but a really solid sub player coming on when they're struggling, he would get a goal every—not every week, but. Is a solid player to put on. They've just not replaced Big him. Big fan of Origi. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then my last one, I think, was actually not Forest. I think the amount of money that their owners have spent, I think they were expecting to probably be comfortably away from the bottom of the table.
0: Yeah. Go on, Scott. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it, boys? When you look at look at the bottom of that league and uh what, from 12-13 downwards... I mean, we're in for an interesting time. I think uh, it's already no hidden secret on this podcast that we've, we've let it slip that, that the three of us are all massive Leicester City fans. <laughs> now, over time, I'm hoping that's not going to sway our views, um, but I'm not going to shy away from it. Where, where they are in the league uh, is a huge disappointment. Um, they, they, they've uh, overachieved the last couple of years, and, and that, that's not a, a shame to admit. They, they should be nowhere near the top four. Um, my views on Brendan Rogers, I'm going to try and hide for as long as I can but 17th in the season is its a reflection on how they've performed you know they deserve to be where they are but but, but there's no way they should be where they are um, I think like, like Adam's already said West Ham are a strange one uh, it's hard to know when David Moyes is, is doing overly well and when he's underachieving he's one of those managers that he seems to go through rough patches and it, it wouldn't surprise me if if in ten games' time, West Ham a comfortable eleventh or twelfth in the season uh, in the in the table, um, but yeah, looking at it at the moment, that's a it's a tough one. But I think I think with uh, the sign of Danny Ings, they could uh, they could seriously turn it around and steer themselves way clear of trouble. Yeah, um, and
1: that, that's the signing that we should have had. We we should have gone for someone like Danny Ings. It's um is an out and out striker, which is always good. He knows how to put the ball into the net. Uh, you, you think of some of those people where would have strengthened up in January. I'd say West Ham have done the best there. Um, and from, from, going back to my Everton comment about them being at the bottom to start uh, towards that I thought they were going to be bottom from the end of the season, they're never replaced with Charleston. And they've got a constantly injured cabin. Um But I'd say Danny uh, Everton would have been a good sign. As well, Danny
2: Ings would have gone in
0: any team in that bottom half.
1: I think oh, they've 100%. got a very
2: strong manager to get them out of this situation that they're in. He's not the uh, the manager that everyone wants at your club. He's known to get results, grind results out rather than play pretty football. But in the current situation that they're in, he'll get them out of that. And with the uh, quality that's in their squad, he should probably he should. Uh, He should see them away from the bottom half. Well, not bottom half, but the bottom three in the table, I believe. Yeah, I think this is
0: going to probably sound like a bit of a strange shout, given where they are in the league. But I think an underachiever are probably Spurs. You know, you spend a lot of money bringing Antonio Conte in, who's got a style of play. Uh, You've brought him in post Mourinho, who they've also brought in essentially just to get trophies. Uh, They've done the same with Conte. They're out of the Champions League. They're not in contention of the Prem. They didn't win the League Cup. They're not in the FA Cup. For me, look, five years ago, Tottenham top four. Yeah, that's a great result for them. But nowadays, you know, they're they're clinging on. They're in a bit of a battle. The football's not pretty and they're paying a man a lot of money. That every time I read his or watch his news
2: conference, doesn't want to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. He's trying to talk himself into the sack a bit more than Brendan Rodgers is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I who's,
2: think you're trying to antagonise Scott there by bringing him up again
0: <laughs> Who's been your one player of the season so far then Dan?
2: I, I, I wrote down a few here again but my, the, the the chap I love is the, the Argentine of uh, Brighton Ale- Alexi McAllister is it I think he, yeah. uh, maybe not just of the season, but going if you go World Cup as well, him him is he's gotta be he wasn't one that came back in, as well in uh, January like, was his consent to walk out of a club but bear, I'm guessing that he, he would have had a want in him. Uh, so
0: oh.
1: uh, <laughs> please come we turn off all mobile devices join the podcast.
0: Yeah. As you might have guessed by now. uh, As you might have guessed by now, we're all over the world. Uh, One of us has got kids, so you're gonna have to bear with us from time to time. You know, Uh, I think it adds to the excitement of you never know what you're gonna quite hear on the Sunday League podcast.
2: (laughs) Sorry, I'm back. Oh sorry about that. But then uh, going back to that as well, you've got to probably go with uh Alexandra Mitrovic. A play a player that in previous years he's Fulham has stayed quite loyal to him. And uh this year he does seem to be uh banging in the goals for uh, a lot of people at the, for the Premier League. But uh this he has got 11 goals 1 assist so yeah not a bad uh, ratio for the striker for Fulham to be honest but then last of all you, you can't look further than Haaland can you so yeah. he's putting uh, the show up there to be honest Haaland's a strange one sometimes
1: when I, when I look at him I I think we are all playing we are playing in the Champions League, ball lies good five league. yeah they, they just weren't giving him the ball at all, and that, you can watch them some weekends, and it's like they don't want to play with him, it's like they don't like his. It's like, oh, you're too greedy, you're scoring too much, I'm not going to pass his ball anymore. So, it's always been, it's always been the same. No, I do uh, think that's what, a
2: bit of the problem with Man City this year. They've tried to change their football to suit Erling Haaland, and yeah, although I, I heard a stat the other week, and it's uh, although Haaland's got what. 28 goals this season I think they've scored the same as what they have in previous years it's just the other players aren't chipping in as much so yeah. which when yeah. uh, obviously fans are probably looking at they've got heart you probably without looking at the stats you'd be thinking Man City have scored so they haven't scored no many they've not not scored more goals than they normally have if that makes yeah. sense so
1: the um well, you look at players like Jack Grealish when he uh, missed that sitter midweek against Italy. I don't know how he's volleyed that past the goal mouth. That's something I, think. And, and I'll do that
2: with confidence. That is Sunday league. <laughs> yeah. Scott, <laughs> who's uh, your player of the season? Uh, so I
0: tell you what. I tell you the one for me. Other than the obvious Harland, who uh, we've already discussed. Um, is Marcus Rashford. Um he's finally hit a bit of consistency, you know. He's been around for a while. Um, he's had some he's had some good moments, obviously off the pitch as well. Um, but his his consistency is normally let him down either either through, I don't know, wretched Man United teams or injuries, but he seems to be on the pitch every week. Uh, and he seems to be scoring goals consistently. I I know this uh Val you know, the the pressure king has turned up at Man United, but uh, I think Marcus Rashford is probably single-handedly guiding Man United to wherever they finish. Um, I tell you what, it was still entertaining to watch them lose 7-0 and Man United yeah. needs to have that happen to them once in a while because I think for us, our childhoods were were blighted by Man United victories. So it's nice, to, it's nice to see them feel how we used to feel once in a while. But yeah, I think Marcus Rashford for me has been that one standout player um, that's finally put it all together. And it'd be interesting to see be interesting to see where he goes the next couple of years because he's got a Euros to look forward to, hopefully, with England. He's got a a proper manager, I reckon, in charge at Man United who are looking to build something. So whether PSG and then when he comes calling and he, go, he, goes, he goes off there or, or does he want to stay and become a bit of a legend that, uh, you know, regrettably is probably one of the biggest clubs in the world. Moving on, boys, then. So, that, that's the Prem so far. What do you reckon's coming up? Um, who's going to win it, Dan?
2: My, my head is saying Man City are going to win it, but uh, I'm seeing it a bit as... Uh, I'm in that feeling of when Leicester won it and every week the wheels were going to fall off the bus and they never did, I'm thinking that about Arsenal... Every week that goes on, I just especially now they've got Jesus back. I, I watched him and I thought, Enquetier is your striker, he, he's not good enough. And but uh, bless him, he he filled the boots while Jesus is back and now Jesus is back, sorry. So yeah, just I think they've got something about him. And I think, uh, was it I don't know how to pronounce it, but Jorginho from Chelsea. Is a great signing, to be honest. Maybe not the most, but he knows how to win it, win stuff. So I think that's a very smart move. And I like Mikel Arteta, to be honest. I love Mikel Arteta. So, yeah, and it just, there's no, well, there is consistency on a level from Man City, but they're not how they've been in previous years where you think they're going to win everything. So, no, I'm happy with uh, Arsenal is the prediction.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to have to join Dan on that one. Um, looking at look at Arsenal and table, you always think they're going to slip up at some point, but I, I, I don't see them doing it. They've only lost three games all season. One of them was United back in September. Uh, you had a dodgy result against um, Everton. They lost one nil. Uh, that kind of hopefully turned them Everton around, but it clearly didn't. Um, and then Man City. So when you look at the league table and you've lost to Man City, Man United and Everton, you you don't really say they're going to bottle it.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, my head says at some point, you know, the experience counts for something uh, for Man City. I I think, I think that game will be massive uh, when it comes, I think that game will be massive just in terms of the running afterwards and the momentum it gives you, but like you've both said, Man City beamed, didn't they, at the Emirates. And uh, it, it looked like Arsenal were going to have a bit of a wobble afterwards, but it, it seems to have got it back on track. And, yeah, Dan, I think you said about that momentum and that, those things that just, you know, how was it Villa where where they were losing and all of a sudden they've won a game and, and just after that Man City dropped points. And it, it, sometimes these things just happen, don't they? You know, it's not necessarily the best team. It's just who's got the look and don't get me wrong. It'll be nice to see someone someone different, won't it? Um, so, yeah. Top four, Harris? Who's getting fourth position? Uh, I'm I'm
1: open. I'm, after discussions we've had earlier in this podcast, I'd like to see Brighton do it. I'd like to see Spurs absolutely fall off the face of the earth and Brighton come through. But I reckon Liverpool will end up just pulling something out of the bag. and. It will be so. It will be something crazy. And the the problem is with the Premier League; it's so unpredictable. You'll probably find that Chelsea end up finishing fifth as well because they'll turn something around. And it's just constant, like same old top six every time. So top top four. If I'm going to put it in a prediction for you, Arsenal, Manchester
2: United, Liverpool,
1: right, and Chelsea. I'll I'll do that for you.
2: I'll go. I'll go one further. Yeah, I think I think I have to match there. To be honest, I wrote down Arsenal, Man City, Man U, Liverpool. Although I don't want Liverpool to do it, I think I think you you're looking at a and I think Klopp's a very very good manager, so this is unusual to see them not playing very well. But no, I'd like to see Brighton, but I just don't think. I think the firepower that you still I'm still looking at it, and I'm like. Salah's not had a great season, so when's that going to start? It's like, uh, he'll he'll get the he'll get some goals somewhere, so and that will win them. Yeah, they'll get enough to. And I, I'm well, we're counting out Newcastle really. We were yeah, four, I suppose. So, we're, 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 yeah, so we're all saying Newcastle's runs basically over. because they what was their last game? They uh got a last minute winner yeah. against Forest, so. Could be a big, big extra two somewhere in the season. You forget
1: that so. they've only lost three games all season.
0: They've just, they've just drew. Yeah. And that's, I think that's been their problem all year. Yeah, I was going to say for me, yeah. boys, I, I think it's Newcastle. I, I think you know we're gonna, we're gonna come back after this international break. You know the fans are going to be right behind them. Like I say, if you give them a sniff of top four, top four late April time, I mean I won't want to be a team going up to St James's Park. You know. You, you can take the mick and see all those flags waving, but clearly something's happening up there. Uh and I just wouldn't rule them out. I right, probably the hardest question a lot, boys. Which, which three are going down, Dan?
2: We're vote down here. South Southampton. I'm I'm seeing something that Palace, I think Palace will be dragged in. Really do, because you look at them in the light at the moment, but they're only a couple of points off. To be honest, and then someone's telling me Forest. I I see Bournemouth as the ones who going to get out of it. I I think Gary O'Neill is is not an experienced manager. but They're always a they're a hard working team, and to Bournemouth's not a nice place to go for anyone. So. Yeah, I see them picking up some points and probably enough to get them out of that row. I think I think we'll be looking at the lowest points tally we've ever seen to be down. To be honest,
0: I reckon for me, Southampton and Bournemouth are gone. The Southampton, um, yeah, Southampton and Bournemouth are gone, um, and then then it's then yeah. the scrap begins, doesn't it? The scrap begins from Palace downwards, and uh, I tell you what, yeah. it's, a, it's a a voyage and appointment goes one or two ways. Um, we've seen him perform, perform admirably for Palace before but but we've seen him take Watford down in his sunglasses having a nice time on the bench so you know it could go either way and don't get me wrong Vieira was was he having a hard time of it they played some real tough teams in a row and I think they're coming you know back out the other side with a real chance you know they've got some good young players there and uh, South London's not an easy place to go but all of a sudden Roachan's going to set up in a certain way. Wilfred Tsar looks like he's already ready to leave. You know, he's packed his bags and just waiting for someone to take him. But I think I'm being hopeful and, you know, fingers crossed Leicester are nowhere near it. But I reckon it could be one of those, you know, I'll always remember watching Match of the Day, back in the day where it cuts to every single ground. Uh, And there could be four or five games on the last day of the season that really matter here. Yeah, well, Palace definitely
1: have the easier running. Uh, they're they're just playing teams around them. I I think the the hardest game they've got is is Spurs, but other than that, they're just playing the teams around them. So, I I reckon I
2: reckon I reckon Palace will be safe. I th- I think you say that, but you get into a time in the league now where we're saying that that's the easiest ruining that the the, the, the the uh the games that Palace are playing. Teams down below are also looking at Palace and going, that's also the easiest game that we've got prob- probably. So they say them them games aren't the easy ones now. It's the ones where you're playing the big teams and you're not expected to get anything from. You can go there with no expectation. You, you're expected to now, if you've got anyone in the bottom three, you're expected to win. And that's where no one wants to lose. You come away with a draw and everyone's deflated from yeah. it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we're gonna see a few six pointers essentially every week of the season left, I reckon. Um I guess final prediction, and uh this could well could well have already happened by the time this podcast is out. But who's the next manager to go, do you reckon? Dan?
2: Uh I hadn't, I hadn't thought about this one, so you caught me off guard a little. But uh <laughs>
0: Well, let, let me give you a summary. You've got Conte, who wants the sack. You've got yep. Rodgers, who seems to have been there all year, you know, and has been asking for the sack every week. He's still there. You've got Graham Potter, uh, <laughs> who seems to have had a lot of money, um, but but not a lot has happened. You've got David Moyes, who's in the relegation zone. Uh, and what, should we st- chuck Steve Cooper in there? I mean, I think he's had a deal earlier in the season, but, you know, we've all seen owners, as it gets to squeaky bum time, try and, try and get that bounce.
1: Yeah, Well if Bayern Munich can sack their manager when they've only lost two games all year and one of them was the other week, anything could bloody happen.
2: <laughs> well, I've seen today that he is linked with the Tottenham job, isn't he? Well, was it not, not- Na- Nag- Nagelsmann? I don't know how to pronounce the name, but <laughs> yeah, then, no, obviously it's uh, Tuchel's gone to Bayern, hasn't he? So uh... yeah, yeah, so, yeah.
1: Uh-uh.
2: I wouldn't oh, be surprised if it was the Tottenham job, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Forrest probably sees something good with Cooper. And until they get in a position where it's not feasible of getting out of that bottom three, I don't uh, see him sacking him, to be honest. Uh, Leicester, as much as it, I think even if he was ready to go, uh, uh, top wouldn't get rid of him. So, uh, yeah, no... I, Tottenham's the one that's calling it
0: to
2: be honest I think yeah all oh, right
0: boys I, Well, I would agree by, by, by the time by the time this is out I reckon England will have played their second game uh, I think we touched on it briefly I, I think it's a it's a great result against Italy away no matter your views on Gareth Southgate and I'm sure we'll touch on them at some point um, they've got Ukraine tonight as we're recording it I like I say by the time it's out they'll have played them uh, I think as we're looking at it, uh, James Madison's set to start. Um, what do you reckon England's chances are? I suppose first of all to to make it to the Euros. Harris, um, I don't know because without
1: getting too politically involved, I just I think there's too much back home going on with them. Um, when it, it's going back to last year when they were playing Scotland in the qualifiers, I I, I just felt that it was harsh, because not all of their players are playing, um, especially for the national team. So when they are playing for the national team, they, they lack the fitness. So, uh, you, was your question, is Ukraine going to make or is England?
0: No, uh, let's focus on England, shall we? Um, we're trying to look for an audience in England first, I reckon. Once our Ukrainian fan base for the podcast picks up a bit, maybe we'll focus on them. What do you reckon for England, Jaros?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, squad's too good. The squad is definitely far too good. We If 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 we don't start qualifying for these things year in, year out, the Premier League should be as uh, rated as high as it is. Um, I mean, when he's picking players like Calvin Phillips, who doesn't seem to play for Man City, it does worry me a bit about Southgate, but I won't get too involved
2: with uh, views on Southgate, like you say. Dan, what, what do you reckon? Yeah. Uh no yeah I, I think it's hundred percent we'll make we'll make the next tournament. So and people talking of this game like they, they were disappointed of how Southgate has set up it and you're like, come on, I don't care how we play. You winning away in Italy two one. This could be a boring game for me, but coming. Up- Away with the three points there. I think that's that's as big as it gets as a six-pointer in this group. I don't see any other teams really causing us too much of a problem. The only worry I've got is, I think, Ukraine are a bit of those at the moment where it's uh, everyone's second-favourite national team. So, uh they they've got some good players, as well, haven't they? They've got like Zinchenko from Arsenal. so uh, you, you you can't take you can't take them lightly, but we should have enough to beat these today. the The only worry is that, up, like you mentioned, Madison starting. It's. Uh, I hope he doesn't tinker with the team too much. But. Just uh, I would have rather seen him probably guaranteed to come on at sixty minutes when we're two 0 up or something, but. Let, let, let's be let's yeah. be fair though.
1: Looking at the bloody group, England, Macedonia, Ukraine, Malta, Italy. If England do not get out of that group, what is happening? Like I, uh, I, is I'm not two go automatically
2: through. Uh, yeah, top two, yeah. because uh, sometimes it's where it's uh, second goes into the playoffs or something, isn't it? It's like don't yeah, want doing that. In that. Top top two and obviously,
1: like Scott says, beating Italy is always a good start because if Italy don't end up qualifying, then winner, that's another big team that's gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think nowadays the way you wait for and FIFA are going. Um, it's harder. It's harder not to qualify for the tournament than it is to qualify. But I, I reckon over the years we've seen uh, England drop points at Macedonia away. We've seen England drop points at Ukraine. You know, wherever Ukraine are playing their football by the time that game starts. We've seen England drop points at Italy at home. And uh you never know, it could be fun. But like like you boys have both said, if they win tonight, um, they've got six points out of their first two games, it, it it'll be hard. It'll be hard not to qualify, I think, from there. Um, but then the expectation begins. We've got a top goal scorer now that scored all those penalties. Um, never scored in the semi-final or final of a major competition. So, you know. Where does Harry Kane win a rate trophy amongst the rates? Great, yeah,
2: exactly. Yes. Um, no, I totally agree, Scott.
1: Yeah, I, I was um I was listening to Talk Sport last week and I think when after the Italy game, they basically said who would you take Rooney in his prime or Harry Kane in his prime? Um I instantly answered Rooney, because I don't I don't really see Kane being
2: that great, especially especially comparing to Rooney. I think there's always going to be this comparison until he starts winning something uh on a trophy level, there's always gonna be those people going, No, he's not as good as Rooney, but uh yeah, I think I think I think uh he won't be in Tottenham come come the start of next season, to be honest. I don't I, well I don't believe. Absolutely. All right, boys, anything else before we wrap up? Uh, I would just like to put a mention out to uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I'd seen uh, he'd uh, got uh break the record for the oldest international player capped at the, in the week against uh, Belgium. Obviously, didn't uh, score or, or change the game. They ended up losing 3-0, but I think it was the biggest uh, applause that the Swedish fans gave. So, uh, yeah, he's a world class player. At the end of the day,
0: nice one. Well, I think uh, what what have we learned? I guess we've learned that Harris's favourite beer is a cider. We've learned that he's after he's after the Ukrainian fan base to come and support him. Um, he's keen <laughs> on their chances of the Euros. Yeah, uh, we've learned that uh, no matter how well the podcast goes, Dan's after some love from Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: you know. You guys, you boys, you know, you, you've already gone after some of the biggest fan bases on the podcast. So you know, get you know, get some love from these Newcastle fans that you've both criticised. I think Harris went after Man United. Their fan base, their fan base is quite small. Um, we've all let our Leicester City passion uh, come through already after one podcast, and when we've tried to say that we're going to remain neutral, um, everybody's had a beer, and there's been no VAR mentioned. Um, that'll come. Uh, the plan for the podcast is we're going to eventually come to probably two times a week where we're going to do a bit of a review of the Premier League, have a bit of fun um, probably mention a bit of gambling uh, and do a preview the following week. So um, these things are pretty hard, hard to get off the ground, you know, especially especially when you're bang average Sunday League footballers like us. So if you've decided to give us your time, please subscribe and download and share it with as many people as you can. And yeah. Uh, We'll see you next week, boys. Cheers. Cheers. See ya.